2: Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast, episode 1107. We are your Thursday crew. I am Maggie Loney, joined by Jimmy Christensen. We are without Jacob Westendorf this week, but Jimmy... There is exciting news. We actually will have football in some capacity on TV tonight. The Hall of Fame game between the Steelers and the Cowboys tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. Will you be watching?
1: I will be watching. Absolutely. I I, I was staying um, on off on brand off top, off topic the other day. Sorry. I'm sleep deprived. Newborn baby. Um, so <laughs> you get a pass, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is like the most excited I've been for – hall of fame game i just like with with covid like last year with the weird offseason this year with the aaron Rodgers drama finally to get to like some preseason football being able to see some of the prospects we didn't get to see last year aka jordan love like i just i'm excited to finally have a sense of football back and knowing what's going to come from it i i haven't been this excited for a long time about it
2: yeah and we get to see big mike mccarthy as well you know on the tv again tomorrow or tonight so yeah i mean that'll be fun i i'm with you i like weirdly love the preseason even before i started like quote unquote covering the packers i would always watch the preseason and make my own little predictions about who the 53 would be so now that it's like low-key part of my gig doing podcasts and writing it matters more but i still have just as much fun watching all the undrafted guys oh yeah
1: no i was telling dez uh now she finally, cause usually if we were watching preseason, she'd be like, okay, can we turn it off? This doesn't really matter. But now, like you were saying, writing <laughs> about everything, I'd be like, I have to watch it. I have to write something about it. So,
2: um, so we have two Packers joining the hall of fame this weekend on Saturday. First uh, is Bobby Dillon. He unfortunately passed away in, well, I guess a year now, last August. It doesn't feel like it's already August, but um, he is part of the special 15 person centennial class So that is really cool to see him finally earn his spot in the Hall of Fame. Uh, He still, to this day, is the leading Packers, um, I guess, defender in interceptions with 52 during his eight seasons with the team. So pretty cool to see him finally being enshrined and then talking about a more current Packer um, slash Raider, the great Charles Woodson, Um, I believe Jacob Westendorf's favorite player or close to favorite, if not all-time favorite. Um, Also getting a try in this week. It's a, it's a really good class. Were there any surprises for you or, you know, I guess outside of Leroy Butler people that you wanted to get in that didn't make it. Honestly,
1: not, not really pretty much every year. I just hope Leroy Butler makes it. But besides that, I kind of just let pieces fall where they go. Like I, it's such a weird kind of system that they have of some players that definitely deserve to be in there aren't yet. Um, And players you would think like who Tara Owens was super mad. He wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Obviously, he has his own story for that reason. But I don't know. I try not to get into the hype of who's who might get in until they just have their selection. I've kind of stopped trying to make predictions on that because I am 99% of the time (laughs) wrong. So what about you? Anyone you thought would be and that isn't?
2: It was, it was hard to think that Butler was going to make it this year with Charles Woodson. Um, John Lynch getting into kind of stung a little bit, but I mean, I think, I think his time is coming and have you ever been to Canton?
1: No, that's on my bucket list.
2: Yeah. I went a couple of years ago, three years, I think exactly for Jerry Kramer. Um, and it was so much fun to just go to the hall of fame. Like, even if you're not like a huge Packers fan and you're just a sports fan in general, mm-hmm. you know, definitely go check out the hall of fame. And I think the next time I'll, I have to go for Aaron Rodgers. I feel like a lot of yeah. millennials or like late gen X kids will be the ones that are there for the Aaron Rodgers enshrinement, whenever that is.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent for sure. Who knows? Maybe it won't be like for another, uh, I don't know, 10 years, play for another five, wait as five. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. As long as it's in green and gold, I'm cool with that.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but that, that does it. I mean, I guess for the mandatory topics, we had to touch on the Hall of Fame because – you know, that is always something really exciting come August. And of course, last time the Packers were in the Hall of Fame game, there was the paint fiasco uh, yeah. for the Brett Favre enshrinement where they couldn't actually play. <laughs> um, there is a little bit of Packers news. Uh, the Packers did bring in defensive lineman Josh Avery. Um, some fans might remember him from being a last chance U player, which is kind of cool. He's a six foot three, 318-pound first year out of Southern Missouri State. Spent part of last offseason with the Seahawks, and he wears number 63 for the Packers, which is interesting. You don't necessarily see a ton of defensive linemen in the 60s, but, yeah. you know, Corey Lindsley's not here, I guess. So that 63 is going yeah. to maybe some good use. Hopefully. It's weird how quick,
1: well, I guess, I don't know. Corey Lindsley was obviously really good, but they can't oh. just hold players' numbers off for a year. That doesn't make sense. That's like when they how they gave Gary or Matthew's number to Rashawn Gary right away
2: yeah and he said like the body wasn't even cold yet and then yeah. he said,
1: <laughs> <laughs> i still feel weird whenever i see anybody in number 80 i still feel weird about it i don't know yeah. i just donald driver i just that number should i don't know especially when it was what was the name jake Perello, the justin, with, justin yeah. Pirello, yeah yeah i he was my fa- i started loving him solely because of his long hair and uh number 80 but
2: yeah what's a what, what stark contrast to go from donald <laughs> driver to justin Perello in the 80 <laughs> oh man
1: it's going to be weird. Uh, what's what's a number for you that's going to be weird seeing somebody in, in like 10 years from now?
2: It's still so weird to me, like since Jerry Kramer is my guy, 64. Mm-hmm. And that's why like I reached out to Justin McCray because I wrote a piece a long time ago about um, him wearing number 64 and playing right guard. And now that Ben Braden is wearing 64 and he's getting looks at left guard and right guard, I feel like he has to be right guard because 64 on the offensive line just feels like, that's the spot, it doesn't make sense anywhere else. Yeah, 87 is another one like that for me. For just Jordy Nelson with 87, you don't like Sternberger in it yet?
1: You know, it's I don't know, not that I don't like him in it. It was just <laughs> weird. 17, I feel like it's going to be that way. If like Devontae does have an extension, is it with us for a while longer? I think next time I see someone in 17 will be a little weird too.
2: And I mean, I think that's the hard part too. Like, there's obviously greats like charles woodson wearing 21 and now you have eric stokes in 21 you can't retire every number but Mm -hmm. it definitely is going to be weird i mean 12 will get retired yeah but if there's i don't see them retiring mason crosby's number even though he is the the leading scorer for the franchise i don't think they can do that with another number especially with paul horning not like necessarily being officially retired um david bakhtiari it, yeah. it will never make sense again to see somebody yeah. not like in 69 is not David Bakhtiari.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. I didn't even think of that one. It's going to, it's going to be very weird. He should just throw everybody off one season just cut his hair and show up to camp. I feel
2: like that <laughs> too.
1: just a shave number 69.
2: Like uh, the opposite of Aaron Rodgers. He just comes in like super clean shaven. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, we're getting off the rails, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with, with the addition of Josh Avery to the defensive line room, uh, we did just kind of want to touch on today, maybe some predictions. We do have family night this coming Saturday and then the first preseason game next weekend on August 14th. And then we know after that, there will be some layers of roster cuts, not the dramatic cuts that are normally taking place. We're going this year from 90 to 85 to 80, um, really gradual. So one of the things we thought we'd do is look at maybe some rooms that There's question marks, which I guess you could argue is all of them, but more glaring questions like a wide receiver room, a defensive line room, and then talk about if there's any positions that we think Green Bay will still be adding to. So I guess let's start with that element of it. You know, the Packers brought in Randall Cobb. We just saw them sign a defensive lineman. Do you think they're done or do you think that this is a roster that's going to be constantly churning? They just brought in, you know, a tight end a couple days ago and receiver Bailey Gaither retired randomly so yeah
1: that that was a surprising one too even um Stephans, Stephans I don't know how to pronounce his name the other offensive lineman that Stepanak? Uh, yeah that Simon one, there we go um yeah two retirements two days in a row both 24 years old were, was surprising to see um but going to the going to the question with adding adding players honestly one position I know that you just mentioned they they added a tight end but I wonder in the future because it was Daniel Crawford that they added. And I don't know if he will be one that really sticks around for very long, but if that's a position that they're trying to add to, because they've worked out uh, four different tight ends in the last week. Uh, Daniel Crawford was one of them and ended up bringing him on. But so I don't know if that is an area, maybe just because DeGuara and maybe Daphne are going to be doing a lot of the um, maybe H back or in the backfield. And they're trying to find someone else with Sternberger being a question mark. And he's missing the first two games. Maybe they're going to be trying to bring somebody somebody else in there i'm not i'm curious to see what they're going to do with that position but besides that i think defensive line i think now it's adding josh avery they might be done adding there but with that cap room that they freed up there has to be a position that they're looking to add so maybe it is a splash player at defensive line with like an atkins but that's really the only way i see them adding to that position it'll be a bigger name player um what about you do you see any openings that you think they might add to
2: yeah. I mean, I think your point about tight ends is super interesting because Dominique Nafni and Josiah Deguara are both on the pup list right now. So you're down to presumed players that would have had a really good shot to make the roster or, you know, in Deguara's case would make the roster. Jay Sternberger, like you said, two game suspension. So really you're going into the season, not knowing if Deguara or Daphne will even be available yeah. with only then Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tunyon. So you know a guy like Crawford like you said we don't know how long he'll be here but he could have an outside shot and Isaac Nauta uh Cafusi a lot of these guys that came in and we were like oh tight ends like the most loaded room yeah. in the league or in this this team so why would they bring anybody in and now it's actually getting hit with the injury bugs so that's an interesting one but i agree with you i think that if there are any adjustments or any additions to any position group that it probably would be defensive line. And I have a harder time seeing them doing that, knowing that they just brought in Avery um, and that, you know, they're high on TJ Slayton. I think even though Kingsley Kiki is working through some injury, um, I think that's going to be the key really is what happens with any of these lingering injuries, because you, you assume Kingsley Kiki in his third year is going into a pretty significant role. And he would have carved out a spot for himself with Joe Barry's uh, fronts that he likes to use, but, yeah, I I think the roster kind of is what it is right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster.
1: Do you think maybe with Ramsey going down with an injury, they might be looking to add that outside linebacker? Cause I know they're moving. They put Kamal Martin there the last couple or yesterday, I think today as well. Um, to just kind of have him inside and outside. So are they trying to find another kind of
2: spark there? Yeah. I, I started thinking about like what, you know, what the purpose of moving Kamal Martin could be. And I remember last season, you know, we talked about how he was like, he always had a nose for the ball, but he was kind of raw in doing that. Like, you know, it was almost like he was too gung ho and he would just kind of blow past the ball carrier. Um, But then, in Preston Smith's press conference, he was talking about he called it like the Kyler Fackrell role, where there was always an outside linebacker that would seem to drop in certain formations, and he had to take that over last season. So I'm wondering if Kamal Martin could end up being the guy that they use in like a hybrid quote unquote Kyler Fackrell role, where Preston just gets to rush the pass or yeah rush the, rush the passer, and Kamal Martin is the guy that drops because as an inside linebacker, you'd think he'd have a little bit better speed, maybe better ball skills, better hands. So, you know, that, that could be something Devondre Campbell too, coming in and playing inside linebacker, you know, we're assuming he's taking a bulk of snaps or sharing them with Chris Barnes. So maybe that's another way of just Joe Barry getting good players on the field by trying to find a different home for Kamal.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I was wondering what the reason could be too. And your reasoning is better than anything I came up with. So thank you very much. <laughs> I was making up random stuff in my head that made no sense. So no, that makes a lot of sense just to have him. Yeah. Going from inside, he'll probably have natural, better natural ball skills than having Preston Smith drop back in coverage, which we saw last year did not to the defense, a, a big service.
2: Well, and I think it's, it's weird too, because you know, they tried this kind of experiment with Oren Burks and nothing really yeah. came of it. He didn't really get any snaps many at inside linebacker or outside linebacker so you know and now he's back working with the inside linebacker so I don't know if that was them grasping at straws or if maybe they had envisioned him in that Kyler Fackrell role that we're going to need to find a new term for but yeah yeah so I mean I I mean I like Kamal Martin for that role I think I think that'd be pretty pretty useful I think he'd be really good at it and then I think it frees up Preston Smith to do what he wants to do and can do most effectively which is nice for the entire defense yeah
1: and I I don't know I you mentioned with Oren Burks like that made me kind of panic at first though like seeing that Kamal Martin moved a little bit to the outside because it made me think of that like are they just kind of grasping at straws too like they kind of were with Oren Burke last year or is this more of an intentional thing but I think with the new defensive coordinator I think it had maybe it was just like or maybe it is just an experimental thing, just seeing what he has and if it is another toy to play with outside there. But I was trying not to read into it too much because like I I like Kamal Martin. He's super athletic. He's going to I guarantee he's going to just blow up so many plays this year. He's just he's a freak. Um, So I was hoping we weren't he
2: wasn't on the outs. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I think, you know, fans are really gun shy now and maybe part of it is like the Demarius Randall thing where he was drafted, probably should have always been a safety, ended up playing corner, didn't look comfortable, ended up going to the Browns and having more success there, Um, even though, I mean, I don't even know where he is right now in the league or if he's on a squad so clearly that fizzled as well but you know I think the Packers had a tendency to draft guys maybe out of position or looking at Josh Jackson everybody wanted him to move to safety so I think when you see guys like Oren Burks get moved and then Kamal Martin who's somebody everybody's really excited about it's like well why why is he being moved is it that the skill set isn't what they thought it is or is it just you know that they are trying to put him in his most successful position. So I do get that that yeah. fear because I think that everybody had really high expectations for him after the glimpses that we saw last season, and then for him to suddenly be moving, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, we'll see. And Joe Barry, I trust until he tells me not to. <laughs> yeah, he shows me not to until he plays ten yards off on third and three, <laughs> and then we just. <laughs> Let's not even put that in the universe at this point. I can't, I can't do with another season of that.
2: So let's flip it then to the offensive side of the ball. We talked a little bit about the surprise, I guess that was Bailey Gaither retiring. Um, I don't necessarily think that he was on my list to make the active roster unless it was a special teams move, but definitely thought he was a practice squad guy. Um, Obviously, Randall Cobb comes in and shakes things up. We had talked on the podcast before. It's been talked about quite a bit that maybe the Packers were only going to keep five receivers, and that would have been Devontae Adams, MBS, Alan Lazard, Amari Rogers, and then some either Devin Funchess, maybe EQ, whoever that was. Now you have Randall Cobb, and there's your immediate five. You have maybe a sixth for what could be Devin Funchess or EQ. Then you consider maybe a seventh if you keep both of those guys, and then you have a name like Juwan Winfrey yeah. who is just completely blowing up training camp and making plays every single day. So do you have any predictions on like what that room even looks like or how many they keep? I,
1: how many they keep is the big, uh, I don't have a solid prediction on that right now. Cause I keep going back and forth. Honestly, I want them to keep seven because I want Devin Funchess and Juwan Winfrey to, to stay on the team. Um, I, I am pretty confident St. Brown's going to be out. I think, I think Winfrey coming on so strong in training camp, is kind of the end of St. Brown. They kind of know what they have with him. He's battled injuries in the past. Juan Winfrey would be a new kind of new blood in there. He's doing really well in training camp um, and it, they might just want to see what they can have in him. Uh, the the ceiling might be a little bit higher, and maybe just the unknown of it might make them want to keep him around. But I'm I really, I don't know. I really want to see Devin Funchess make the team. I think he gives them a really great red zone target, um, just a huge body wide receiver. And he, he has a lot of talent. We saw what he did in, in Carolina years ago. But again, that's, it's two seasons now he hasn't played. So maybe, maybe his incredible wide receiver body's just <laughs> giving me a, give, making me want him there. But Randall Cobb, I'm so happy he's back, but he's making predicting this wide receiver room very difficult.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, this kind of maybe goes back to the tight end group where Maybe the Packers roll into the beginning of the season with only three tight ends. Maybe they do end up with Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, and then either Deguara or Daphne can come back or maybe it is is four while they wait for Jay Sternberger. But it does seem like they do have an opportunity now to stash a player like an extra wide receiver, especially if maybe they only keep like three running backs instead of four. And I mean, I know everybody loves Kurt Benkert and I hope that he would stay on the practice squad, but it's really hard to see the Packers keeping three quarterbacks on the active roster. You know, Jordan loves going to be the backup. So there are, I guess, avenues for the Packers to keep seven wide receivers. It would just feel like so many. Oh yeah, so <laughs> no, Exactly.
1: Do you think one thing with Winfrey too, that makes me at least, I really want him to at least make the practice practice squad. I thinking back to Alan Lazard. Like we wouldn't have him right now. If, We'd, he stayed, he was kind of a surprise cut for me a few years ago. I thought he'd make the 53-man roster just because he did so well in preseason, ended up not making it, brought to the practice squad. Sternberger goes down with an injury, and now we had our number three wide receiver the last two years. Um, and so Winfrey, I, I think maybe that's giving me like recency bias, thinking like Winfrey can kind of be that person too, mm-hmm. but Those situations like that, just when someone's blowing up so much in training camp, it makes it so hard to be like, you know what? He had a good training camp. Let's let him uh, test the water somewhere else.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's funny, like, right. We haven't seen family night even unless you're at training camp. We haven't had any preseason games to get glimpses, but there always seems to be like the player that right away. and, And this year it's Juwan Winfrey where already on Twitter, we're seeing things like there's no way that Juwan Winfrey will clear waivers, right? Like if the Packers cut him, he's making a 53. That's what's going to happen. And the same is being said of a guy like Kylan Hill, which makes sense. Um, A lot of people didn't expect him to fall all the way to the seventh round of the draft. But, you know, I think Packers fans always have like these expectations that, you know, certain guys are just never going to be available. And we all forget that every team can only keep 53 guys. So there's a lot of really good players that are going to end up Mm -hmm. on practice squads or, you know, other practice squads, even just looking for opportunities to maybe get to play a little bit sooner. But Yeah. Never say never Packers fans. Juwan Winfried does not or Kurt Benkert, whoever, you know, your fan favorite is. It doesn't mean they're not going to be able to sneak onto the practice squad if they're not on the active roster. But any other position groups either that you're intrigued by or, you know, like you've said earlier, you think they're adding to any groups that or maybe even surprise cuts or trade candidates where you could see somebody else um, as we get closer to the end of the preseason kind of being used as bait to go somewhere else.
1: I'm wondering what they're going to do with Josh Jackson during the preseason, if they're going to try to give him just a lot of play um, during these games and hype him up a little bit during training camp and maybe try to get him um, trade. If there even is a trade market for him, if they're trying to look to make a move, Um, just because I obviously every year, everyone's saying that they want to see if he's going to make that jump since we spent a second round pick on him. But it it's less likely every single year. So I'm I'm interested what they're going to do with him if they're going to try to somehow pull a trade out. If he's just going to be a roster casualty later on. But that that cornerback room has a lot of top end talent with Jair Alexander. Obviously Eric Stokes. We don't know what we have in him yet, but um, everyone's hopes are really high. But there's also some some depth things that I'm wondering about. Like if we really do have, let's say, someone knock on wood goes down with an injury, like what are we going to do there? Like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of um, proven talent and kind of fill in and everyone's going to be really confident about it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think even like a name like Randy Ramsey, you know, obviously it's not your Zadarius Smith or your Preston Smith or your Rashawn Geary, like your big three are protected, which is, I mean, not to say that any injury is good, but it's not one of your star players or I guess key pieces, but Randy Ramsey looked really good last season and he was, by all accounts, that fourth linebacker. And hearing from Matt LaFleur in his presser, he made it sound like that was an injury that could kind of linger for a while and that Ramsey might not be available for a long time. So whether that's Teepa, whether Jonathan Garvin gets some looks, or like you said, maybe, you know, they consider a guy like Kamal Martin to take some of those snaps. I do think that, you know, that's why everybody's waiting until the last flurry of activity, maybe a week before um week one kickoff because you never know, I guess, what the timeline is for any of these injuries or if any position group is going to be weakened beyond what we already thought. Like we said with the tight ends too. I mean, that was one of the position groups that everybody felt the most confident in going into the season. And you knew Josiah Deguara had, had to rehab, but then Dominique Daphne has knee surgery and, you know, that room kind of is a toss up. Yeah.
1: I'm interested, like obviously seeing what the Packers 53 man roster is going to be is always fun for fans but i i'd also love to see the surprise cuts around the league and see who could be a fit for the packers if that's something they want to um take a chance on and whatnot so uh i i'm excited to see these 53 man rosters league-wide and see who doesn't make it and who maybe would be a fit for our team
2: yeah maybe we'll maybe we'll do that topic with jacob next week <laughs> Um, once we see some preseason action and see if there's any players low key under the radar on another team that you could see being being a contributor to the Packers. And if you have any suggestions for topics on Twitter, as always, feel free to send those to us. So Jimmy, if people would love to send you their Twitter recommendations and follow you and read your work, where can they do that?
1: Uh, you can follow me. Don't worry about sending me stuff. Send it to Maggie. <laughs> uh,
2: just
1: kidding. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C Uh, Anything I write for Packer Report, Game on Wisconsin, will be there. Uh, You can find me on Tuesday mornings uh, for on-brand, off-topic podcasts. I do with Todd and Aaron, Alice, um, and then Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday, unfortunately with Todd again and Dan, and then (laughs) Thursdays on Packer Day.
2: Yeah, so you stay busy is clearly what we're hearing. But you can you can follow Jacob Westendorf on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. He is in Green Bay right now, which is why he is not able to join us. He is commuting there. So if you're in the Green Bay area for training camp, make sure you say hi to him if you see him. um, Tell Blake that she's my favorite Westendorf, Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at maggie j loney i write for she said tv and i also am part of the packs that she said podcast with perry goldstein so thank you as always for listening to the pack a day podcast remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on all of your favorite listening platforms and go pack up